All right, welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, give us the grace to realize how much we need to pray. Lord Jesus, give us the grace to pray well. Lord Jesus, give us the grace to pray today. Lord Jesus, please give us the grace to not put off prayer. Lord, give us the grace to not let prayer get crowded out. Lord Jesus, please give us the grace to respond to your call to prayer. Lord, give us the grace today to have the strength to follow your promptings even when we resist. Lord, give us the grace to pray generously more than we expect or imagine Lord, give us the grace to pray for others today. Lord, give us the grace to pray today that we would act in prayer as if we really knew in the core of our being that all good gifts come from you. Lord, give us the grace to pray today that we would look to you quickly, And first of all, in our time of need and in our time of plenty. Lord, give us the grace today to pray with great gratitude and with newfound recognition for all the good things that you've done for us. Lord, give us the grace today to pray for our enemies. Lord, give us the grace today to pray for our enemies in our own family, in our own family relationships, at those places in those relationships where we experience a sense of attack rather than acceptance, where we experience rebellion rather than enjoyment, where we experience friction and conflict and contempt rather than peace and communion and life. Lord Jesus, give us the grace to bring to you those places in our heart and in our lives where we are embarrassed, where we are ashamed, where we feel like there's no reason to come to you, for we are so filthy. Lord, give us the grace today to bring everything to you, holding nothing back. Lord, give us the grace today to have a vision of heaven as our true home and of the shortness of our own lives. Lord, give us the grace today to respond in accord with what's really at stake in our lives right now. Lord, give us the grace today to have any scales of blindness to fall from our eyes regarding places in our hearts, in our minds, in our attitudes, or in our behaviors where we are settling for less. Lord, give us the grace today to renounce sinful attitudes, to repent of sinful deeds. Lord, Give us the grace today to reject passivity, 
Lord, give us the grace today to grow in courage. Lord, give us the grace today to be yours freely, completely, and forever. Lord, we do love you, but we want to love you more. Lord, we do hope in you, but increase our confidence in you rather than in ourselves. And Lord, give us the grace to recognize the giftings that you have given to us, that we would have confidence in the blessings that you have stirred in our hearts and taken root in our being, that we can act with a sense of confidence, with a sense of reliability. Lord, give us the grace to be fervent, faith-filled witnesses in every place we go today, amidst our friends and, and acquaintances, in our school, in our workplace, wherever it is, Lord, that you send us, give us that grace to be us, to be salt, light, and leaven. Lord, give us the grace to never have our lights be put under a bushel basket out of fear, out of embarrassment, or out of shame. Thank you, Lord, for our Catholic faith. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of being your follower. Help us to recognize the gift and the honor it is to follow you. Thank you, Lord, for planting us in this moment in history. And Lord, help us to realize that that wasn't an accident, that we were born when we were, in the families that we're part of, in the situation and circumstances that you knew everything about, and that you planted us here, you deployed us here, for you have a, a part for us to play, a mission for us to accomplish, a purpose for us to fulfill. And that in doing those things, we will glorify you, even if it goes unrecognized by the world, even when it is ignored by the world, even when it is rejected by the world. When we do what we are called to do in fulfilling your will, all of heaven rejoices. Give us that awareness, Lord. Give us that sense of, of joy, of happiness knowing that when we fulfill the duties that are part of our situation, our state in life, that you smile down upon us, that you speak to us those words that there is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. Help us to know that, Lord. Help us to live that, Lord. Jesus, give us the grace to be fully and faithfully Catholic. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why did I pray so long? Well, on the one hand, I pray until I feel a prompting to no longer pray. Uh, did you hear that? So I, I didn't, I don't have any of that written down. I just go with the flow. Go with the flow of the Spirit. And just pray in accord with what I sense I'm supposed to say for as long as I'm supposed to say it. 
I hope my discernment is okay. <laughs> I hope that it gets better. Um, but I do know this, that as I look at what I've put together for today's program, guess what it's on? It's on prayer. It's on the, uh, it's on prayers to the sacred heart of Jesus. I've got four prayers to the sacred heart of Jesus that, um, that are different. They're distinct. One is from a Pope. Um, one is from a saint. One is from a modern spiritual writer. And one is uh, an act of reparation to the sacred heart of Jesus that is traced back to the revelation of the sacred heart of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. So each of these prayers are like facets on a diamond that will allow different dimensions of, of the love in the heart of Christ to shine forth. So that's one reason why I'm saying it. There's a, why, why I'm using today's program to pray is that I want to join in on, I want to be drawn into that wave of a novena, a time of faithfully praying together with expectant faith, faithfully with expectant faith, <laughs> fervently praying together with expectant faith, for the most sacred heart of Jesus to be loved and adored, to be honored, and to be wel- to to allow that heart of Christ to be welcomed into our lives, our homes, our hearts, even as we seek to plunge ourselves and be received into His heart as our true home. Ooh, I like that. Wouldn't that be nice, right? But there's another reason. There's but there's more. There's another reason, and and it's this. If you listened to my heart's cry in that opening prayer, it is traced back to a theme. And that theme is living our lives in a way that however it happens, we allow prayer, we permit prayer to lose the prominent place that it ought to have in our lives. And I am confessing that in the last few days, I have had so much work to do that I've neglected prayer. And so I felt a conviction to bring that out, to share that with you, that if we don't pray, we're not going to bear spiritual fruit. If we're not praying, we won't be nurturing that communion with the Lord who lives in our hearts. That that communion with the Lord will be fresh and vibrant and vital and full to overflowing. So that when we go into the circumstances and situation of our day, we're going to quickly become empty of the Lord. We're going to become Empty of that sense of it. This isn't like you know, like an empty water bottle. I, I that's too like crude and, and like a, a metaphor for the idea of of like emptying out God's grace. But uh, it, I think it it does match in a certain sense the experience that I've had in my life when I allow prayer. It's it's because here's the thing. 
it's less likely that I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to say, oh, look at this wonderful, wide open opportunity I have right now at the beginning of my day to do whatever I want. Let me go turn on the TV or let me waste time on my smartphone or let me uh, just kind of go back to bed. But that's, that's not me. When my life is, when I wake up and I have that clear, open sense of, oh, I've got time. Oh, easy peasy. I'm sitting down in my prayer spot. I'm taking some quiet time in prayer. I'm praying the liturgy, the hours. I'm doing some spiritual reading and I am loving the Lord. I love it. That's my like standard operating procedure, right? But when I get too busy, right? And if I, and if I'm not, if I, if I'm not easily, quickly able to choose time with the Lord in prayer as as a way to express my first priority, and instead allow work to crowd out prayer, I say allow it. Right? I'm not a victim. I am not a victim. Then I have been deceived. I have been deceived. No matter, you know, and it's like, all right, there there are exceptions, right? <laughs> if I woke up and the house was on fire, then I'm not going to say, well, let me do my morning prayer before I go rescue everyone from the burning building, right? There are definitely circumstances where <laughs> the normal pattern gets disrupted. But When it is, oh no, I wake up and I'm already stirred about work I've got to get done, and I immediately open up the laptop and start working, even though I'm in the same prayer spot, but I'm working on stuff rather than praying, that's that's not good. That's That's not going to be a path a path of life. So now I do know that there are seasons when things can get so busy that it's not going to be a normal time frame. So let me not just say I'm not like some kind of fundamentalist about uh, or rigorist that somehow if I didn't get the same pattern that it's not good enough, right? Because even in these past days, when I'm on a drive, I will say, oh, I'm going to fit a rosary in now between my along my drive or talk to the Lord or listen to a homily, right? But it's it's still not the same thing. I don't want to let myself off the hook too easily. Okay, back in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you today. I'm talking about the importance of prayer and how 
we are not supposed to just rely on ourselves. We are not supposed to um, just give ourselves an easy pass when um, the Lord deserves more. The Lord deserves more from us in terms of how we live our lives. And um, the quote I, I mentioned reading these prayers to the Sacred Heart of Jesus um, there was a convicting quote that really struck me that came from St. John of the Cross. And I'm going to read you the quote because, I mean, it's so very powerful. And um, I think you'll find it uh, to be a blessing. And um, I share it to you um, as a way of, of encouraging you to realize, gosh, you know what? Uh, you know, this this idea of putting God first and relying on the Lord uh, and the way that gets expressed through prayer, it's so crucial for us to have a vibrant awareness of that. So let's let the, let's let the heavy hitter, St. John of the Cross, let's let him speak to us. Let's not rely on our own thinking. Let's let uh, the cleanup hitter of uh, the Catholic spiritual prayer, spiritual life, St. <laughs> John of the Cross, speak to us about the importance of prayer in our lives. He says this, Let those then who are singularly active, who think they can win the world with their preaching and exterior works, observe here that they would profit the church and please God much more not to mention the good example they would give, were they to spend at least half of this time with God in prayer. They would certainly then accomplish more and with less labor by one work than they otherwise would by a thousand. For through their prayer, they would merit this result and themselves be spiritually strengthened. Without prayer, they would do a great deal of hammering, but accomplish little, and sometimes nothing, and even at times, cause harm. That's St. John of the Cross from the Spiritual Canticle. Is that powerful, or is that powerful? Do, do you get what he's saying? I'm going to read it one more time, but do you, do you catch the themes here? The themes are this, right? The themes are, oh, you know, I can... I can rely on, on my own thinking, my own efforts, my own works, and I can ask the Lord to bless them. Maybe I'll say a prayer, but I'm going to just pour out, pour out, pour out. I'm going to be busy, busy, busy. I'm going to do my thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so busy, Lord, I just don't have time for you. I, I just, oh, but Lord, I would love, no, that's not how I say it. That's not how I experience it. I'm like, Lord, you know how much I want to be with you, but I've just got to do this. Lord, I, I want to pray right now, but, but Lord, I've got a deadline. Lord, Lord, I want to pray right now, but I've got so many things to do. There's no way I'm going to get all of them done. I know I'm going to let some people down today. And so, Lord, I'm going to, I don't say it like this, I'm going to let you down first. <laughs> I, that's actually what I'm saying. Wow. I've never said it out loud like that. And uh, maybe that's not even how it runs in my mind, but that's actually the experience I have. I wake up in the morning and the, ah, like it rushes back into my awareness just how much work I have to do today. And um, it's not like a straight line set of work. It's like, oh my goodness, I've got to, 
jump online. I've got to create this transaction. I've got to get this document to them. I've got to prepare that document and send it off to them. I've got to help this other person on this other transaction, and I've got to get them information and make some phone calls that I said I would make on their behalf. Oh, wait a minute. And then on this other one, I've got to help them do this, and then I've got to prepare this for this activity that's going to happen in two days, and and I've got to get that work done for that. And then, wait a minute, I've got this meeting coming up later today. Do you get it? Right? So in that moment where I wake up and I realize that, oh, in the course of my day, I will not have enough time or energy or enough capacity to get everything done that I have to do. And so the normal pattern of, let me just go out and sit down and pray quietly, I guess it's still, I mean, not I guess, of course it's still possible. It's still possible that I could do that. But the actual reality is that I'm not going to do that. The actual reality is that if I were to sit down and peacefully try to enter into a time of silence or to pray the liturgy of the hours, I would feel the forces, you know, barbarians pounding at the gates trying to get in, into my mind, into my heart, into my emotions, get my thinking going. So it, it's not impossible. I mean, come on, give me a break. Of course it's possible, but boy, it's just not easy. And what a sadness, right? What a sadness that here I am, 58 years old, this far into my journey with the Lord, and I still today face that dilemma that is really, frankly, a temptation. Who's the Lord? Who's God? Who's in charge of my life? And no matter what else that's happening, will I allow the Lord to be God by how I'm spending my time first. And maybe if I just read the John of the Cross quote (laughs) before I moved into anything else, that maybe my mind would change. Maybe my my thought would change and I would be willing to, um, or, or not willing to, that I would will to pray in that moment despite the feelings, despite the pressure of distractions in in my thinking, I would still stake the claim that, Lord, you're God, and I'm battling for you. That's actually the way I put it in my life in the past. And that has that has regularly been a source of support for me. Maybe that's maybe that's why I'm bringing this up is a way to, you know, physician heal thyself. Physician heal thyself when it comes to the uh, the truth that I would speak on the radio quite a bit, a paraphrase from the catechism on prayer, on the battle of prayer, right? There's this whole section in the catechism called the battle of prayer. Expect prayer to be a battle, and it requires not only God's grace, but a determined effort on our part. But the quote was, if you battle for God, God will fight your battles. If you battle for God, 
God will fight your battles. Now, battle for God in this context is not referring to you go out in the public square and you demonstrate and you say God is God and let's all acknowledge the Lord, but you battle for God in a personal prayer life. You battle for God in saying, God, I give you my first time, my best time, not my only time, but Lord, I do love you. Father, I acknowledge you. Jesus, I do look to you to be my Savior. And, and, and Lord, I don't have to go beyond the right now moment to realize that I need a Savior. I need you to save me from myself. Save me from the self-important thinking that somehow I'll get more done if I neglect you, if I neglect my relationship with you, and just give more time to prayer. I'm sorry. And give more time to work. <laughs> and give more time to work. Somehow, Lord, I'm going to get more done if I cut you out of the loop. Or at least shorten, diminish, and get through it in a distracted way. Isn't that the battle? Isn't that the daily battle? And so St. John of the Cross is going to prophetically speak into that reality, into my reality. Maybe it's your reality too. When we are tempted to neglect, displace God and time with God, that is prayer, from that first place in our day, in our lives, we need to remember what St. John of the Cross, especially out of busyness, right? Out of that sense of, I've got so much to do, that... um, The thing that will help us the most is the remembrance that if you make effort, a determined effort, to say, Lord, I'm going to battle to give you this time. I'm going to battle against my own thinking. I'm going to battle against my own sense of how much work I have to do. I'm going to battle against the demands of my day, and I'm going to demand that you get this first time. I'm going to demand it of myself that you get this first and best time of my day. And if I make that battle, if I fight that battle, you know what will happen? God will fight my battles. God will open doors that I didn't even know were there. God will bring about shortcuts that I didn't even know were possible. God will make things happen, make things happen without my even seeking and asking for them. Why don't we give the Lord the chance to show us how faithful he is, how powerful he is, how attentive he is, how willing he is to pour good things into our lives and to help us at our time of need. Why won't we do that? St. John of the Cross gives us this powerful quote. Hear it again in that context. Let those then who are so busy with their lives, who think they can win their own world over and conquer all the things that they're dealing with today, observe here that they would profit the church and please God much more, not to mention the good example they would give, were they to spend their first time and a good amount of time with God in prayer. They would then certainly, by the way, that's my paraphrase, right? I'm making it a relevant quote for our situation here. You would then certainly accomplish more, Tom. 
you would, dear listener, if you're similarly uh, battling this like test of, of, Lord, where are you in my time with you in my day? We would certainly accomplish more with less labor by one work than we otherwise would by a thousand. For through our prayer, we would merit this result and ourselves be spiritually strengthened. Without prayer, we just might do a great deal of harm, a great, I'm sorry, a great deal of hammering, but accomplish little and sometimes nothing and even at times cause harm. So says St. John of the Cross. The last half of that was a quote, but just making it I and we and personal that way. The first part I made about not doing missionary work, because that was his context, like fulfilling the mission of a religious community, but rather um, just us fulfilling the duties of our state in life, right? Most of you are not religious and priests, and and so most of you are trying to hammer through your your things to do, your 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 job and your stuff. And where's God in all this? Lord, where where are you, Lord, in my life? Lord, where do you want to be in my life? That's a good question. Is the Lord in the place where he wants to be in your life? In your eating habits, in how you spend your time, in how you talk to your spouse, in how you spend time and focus and attention on your children, in how you nurture and develop your faith. Is the Lord pleased with that? Is he even better than is he pleased? Is he satisfied? God is easily pleased but he is not easily satisfied. He has more for you. He has more for me than we could ask or imagine. And we will never know that more that he is ready and willing and waiting to pour into our lives if we are not praying. Remember now, praying, I don't equate with saying prayers. Praying is not the same thing as saying words found in a prayer book or memorized words that you've learned as traditional prayers. Yes, that can also be prayer and hopefully is prayer when you do those things. But prayer are Prayer is an expression of faith and or hope and or love in our relationship with God. It's trusting, it's having confidence, and it's delighting in the living God. And that means that we have this sensitivity, that's this sense, this sensus, this sense of the living presence of the God of the universe, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's knowing 
and the core of our being. I'm, I'm not equating that with experience at, at a felt appetite level. I'm talking about a deep knowing in the heart. All right, we're up against a break. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. Okay, so if we can pray, if we can battle for prayer, God will fight our battles. That doesn't mean that we will live a life that is unbothered, unfettered, untested. No, it means, in fact, that when the trials and the tests come, we will have the grace to persevere. Today is the feast day of Blessed Franz Jagerstarter. And um, if you watch the movie A Hidden Life, and I haven't watched it yet, but it's about a Catholic martyr from the Second World War. He's an Austrian. Now listen now, he's an Austrian husband and father. He's not a priest, a religious community founder. He's not someone who lived a very, like, you know, 70s, 80 years old. No, he was a young man, young-ish man, who, as a husband and a father, I mean, he was only 36 years old when he died. Um, he, again, he was the father of three daughters. He lived in Austria, and when... um when the Second World War broke out and there was the annexation of Austria, the Anschluss, you remember uh, the sound of music, <laughs> right? Uh, where the Germans came into Austria and what did, uh, what did they do? Um, the, what was the name of that? The Van Trapp, uh, Von Trapp family, what did they do? They went, they fled, right? They fled into the convent and then the hills are alive. The hills are alive and they went over the hills and into freedom. Okay, I'm being simplistic there. So they fled to sing another day. Well, uh, this blessed Franz Jagerstader did not flee. He um, was called for um, active service. He was drafted first into the Austrian army. And, um, and then uh, in 1943, he was uh, called back into military service um, in Austria, but he refused to take an oath of loyalty to Hitler. And he was imprisoned as a result. Um, he volunteered to like, be active in the uh, medical corps to help care for people, but that was rejected. Um, and so here he is, he's imprisoned because of his faith, because of his faith. Uh, he was challenged uh, by his attorney, his own attorney that was representing him, that there were other Catholics that were serving in the army. Um, Franz Jagastada responded, he said, I can only act according to my own conscience. I don't judge anyone. I can only judge myself. And he said, I've considered my family. I've prayed and put myself and my family in God's hands. 
He said, I know that if I do what I think God wants me to do, he will take care of my family. And in 19, and then in, on August the 8th, 1943, uh, he wrote to his wife. He said, dear wife and mother of our daughters, I thank you once more from my heart for everything that you've done for me in my lifetime, for all the sacrifices that you've borne for me. I beg you to forgive me if I've hurt or offended you, just as I've forgiven everything. My heartfelt greetings for my dear children. I will surely beg the dear God, if I'm permitted to enter heaven soon, that he will set aside a little place in heaven for all of you. The next day, he was beheaded. He died a martyr for his faith. And he was living a hidden life. That was the name of the movie, A Hidden Life. He wasn't living a life of big protests and loud uh, uh, public battles against Hitler. No, he just refused in conscience to serve in his army and to serve his cause. And as a result, he was imprisoned. He underwent tremendous tests of faith to betray his faith, to betray his conscience, and had all kinds of clever ways that this was challenged. And what did he end up doing? He was willing to die for his relationship with God. Did you hear that? He was willing to die for his, the integrity of his relationship with God as his conscience, where the voice of God speaks, as his conscience led him, even though he was a mere 36 years old, had a wife and three kids, three daughters. I mean, how easy would it be to say, I need to just simply serve. So many others have done it. Others are giving me excuses, giving me a way out. I don't actually have to like maybe you know positively uh, like engage in a way that will advance his cause but let me just kind of secretly keep it quiet but I'll do that for the sake of my wife and kids so that they'll have a husband and father and what does he say God will take care of them if I do God's will God will take care of them it's not that it's not going to be difficult it's not that it's not going to lead to other suffering. But God is bigger. God is greater. God has a capacity to do more. And this is just a hidden life. My brothers and sisters, we don't yet live. Did you hear what I just said? We don't yet live in the situation and circumstances of Fra, a blessed Franz Jagerstrader. But boy, there are elements, there are strands, there are streams where that's happening today. And we think that we can 
just live a hidden life. But when the integrity of our conscience gets ignited, then we better be willing to be a public witness. So for instance, if you are part of a Catholic high school and you're having a prom and the prom queen and king are self-identifying same-sex attracted girls, what should you do about that? What should you do if you're going to a Catholic high school and the elected prom king and queen are same-sex attracted girls, lesbians, self-identifying lesbians. What should you do about that? Should you just smile and say, wow, this is the loving, tolerant thing to do, that love is love and Catholics are tolerant and we ought to be able to celebrate. And uh, even if we don't uh, support, we can celebrate the fact that these ladies are courageous and the community is acknowledging. Is that what we do? Is that what we... Or you remember the, the theme about leadership, right? Leadership isn't about, ultimately, St. Bonaventure, the way that we measure, really, the, the, the strength of our leadership isn't by what we do, it's what, by what we permit. It's not by what we do, it's by what we permit. Who's permitting that to happen, principal, president, bishop, archbishop, who, who's, who's superintendent, right? Who, who's involved in that? Who's aware of that? And then what action is taken associated with that? That is worth pondering, praying about. That is worth considering. I, I, I'd love to hear. I'd love to know. So we can strive to live a hidden life, but there will be times when the integrity of our faith, the integrity of our relationship with God, will require of us the willingness to take a stand that will bring us into unwanted visibility, unwanted attention, that will put our reputations at risk, to put our livelihood at risk, to put even our well-being at risk. Blessed Franz Jagerstrader, pray for us. Pray for us. We need that today. There are so many of these challenges that we didn't have to deal with 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, but now they are upon us in the last 15 years since the demonic portal of the iPhone has emerged. Back in a minute. Hey, welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. This is the first day of a novena to the Sacred Heart here on Sacred Heart Radio. And I'm going to do my part to honor the Sacred Heart in this last section of the program. I've got some prayers. I've got, first of all, an act of consecration to the most sacred heart of Jesus by that saint woman herself, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, to thee I consecrate and offer up my person and my life. 
my actions, trials, and sufferings, that my entire being may henceforth only be employed in loving, honoring, and glorifying thee. This is my irrevocable will, to belong entirely to thee, and to do all for thy love, renouncing with my whole heart all that can displease thee. I take thee, O sacred heart, for the sole object of my love, the protection of my life, the pledge of my salvation, the remedy of my frailty and inconstancy, the reparation for all the defects of my life, and my secure refuge at the hour of my death. Be thou, O most merciful heart, my justification before God thy Father, and screen me from his anger, which I have so justly merited. I fear all from my own weakness and malice, but placing my entire confidence in thee, O heart of love, I hope all from thine infinite goodness. Annihilate in me all that can displease or resist thee. Imprint thy pure love so deeply in my heart that I may never forget thee or be separated from thee. I beseech thee through thine infinite goodness, grant that my name be engraved upon thy heart. For in this I place all my happiness and all my glory to live and to die as one of thy devoted servants. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. That is so beautiful. What a beautiful prayer, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque. It's an act of consecration to the sacred heart of Jesus. In this month dedicated to his heart, and in honor of the novena to the um, sacred heart of Jesus, I'm praying these prayers of consecration to the most sacred heart of Jesus. I have a... a now, one. this is uh, Leo XIII, um, in his Holy Year letter, encyclical letter, in the Holy Year, uh, he released this beautiful prayer to the most sacred heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Most sweet Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look down upon us, humbly prostrate before your altar. We are yours and yours we wish to be, but to be more surely united with you, behold, each one of us freely consecrates himself today to your most sacred heart. Many indeed have never known you. Many too, despising your precepts, have rejected you. Have mercy on them all, most merciful Jesus, and draw them to your sacred heart. Be you king, O Lord, not only of the faithful who have never forsaken you, but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned you. 
Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house, lest they die of wretchedness and hunger. Be you king of those who are deceived by erroneous opinions, or whom discord keeps aloof, and call them back to the harbor of truth and unity of faith, so that soon there may be but one flock and one shepherd. Be you king also of those who sit in the ancient superstition of the Gentiles, and refuse not you to deliver them out of darkness into the light and kingdom of God. Grant, O Lord, to your church assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. Give peace and order to all nations, and make the earth resound from pole to pole, with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To it be glory and honor forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What another beautiful prayer to the Holy Spirit, right? I'm sorry, to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, This, that again, is from Pope Leo XIII, in his Holy Year encyclical letter uh, that was uh, released in in 1899. Uh, There's one more prayer that I'll read as well. Um, I I mentioned this act of reparation uh, to the the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I don't think I'll be able to get to that one. Um, I'm going to instead pray this uh, efficacious novena to the Sacred Heart. And this, is a, this was a prayer that um, Padre Pio would pray. O oh my Jesus, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. O oh my Jesus, you have said, truly, I say to you, ask and you will receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it'll be open to you. Behold, I knock, I seek, and I ask for the grace of, now ask for your intention, whatever it is, you would have the Lord do for you. And so, Lord, we do give to you our special, personal, most intimate intentions. O most sacred heart of Jesus, we place all our trust in you. O my Jesus, you've said truly, I say to you, if you ask anything of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Behold, in your name, Jesus, sweet Jesus, I ask the Father for the following grace. Whatever that grace is, brothers and sisters, ask for that gift from the Lord. What do you want to see? Sacred heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in you. Oh, my Jesus, you have said, truly I say to you, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Encouraged by your infallible words, I now ask for the following grace. And please, brothers and sisters, ask boldly for the shocking generosity of the Father to be poured upon your life, upon your work, your family, your ministry, your uh, the various aspects of your financial situation, your business, your transactions, your contracts, your relationships. Oh, my Jesus, 
Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, for whom it is impossible not to have compassion on the afflicted, have pity on us miserable sinners, and grant us the grace which we ask of you. Through the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, your tender mother and ours. And so ask for that grace. Ask for that grace. St. Joseph, foster father of Jesus, pray for us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, um, we made it. And hopefully, we will, I will, choose God first. Choose to meet the Lord first in my day through prayer. And to take God at his word. That if we battle in our time, in our heart, in our intention for him first... He'll fight our battles. I'm going to do that today. And I'll report back tomorrow on what that was like. But I'm also going to do that with the guest on. Tomorrow, Sister Mary Eucharista is going to come on to talk about the great feast day, the solemnity of the uh, body and blood of Jesus. Corpus Christi is the traditional name that is next Sunday. So, um, So welcome her tomorrow on the program. God bless your day.